morning. Our verse this morning is Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into his grace in which we stand through him. And we boast in the hope of God's glory. But not only that, we even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. This hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Now, um, what a blessing they are to our church and uh, to me. And uh, most of what you heard was from people who are part of our United Methodist Women's Organization, UMW. And so I offer that organization up to you and the groups that meet here in the church. If you're a woman out here and, and you're looking for some people to connect with, uh, those are some great folks. And you heard from a few of them just now. And, by the way, that uh, Bill Calloway and Alan Barbie flip-flopped roles there and who was conducting and who was playing. That was also pretty impressive, don't you think? They're multi-talented individuals. This is, yeah, we'll do that. This is all I can do, so not going to be any of that from, from me. So uh, Easter was three weeks ago. Do you remember that? Wasn't that long ago. We celebrated it right here. And uh, when we celebrated Easter, we celebrated the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but the resurrection also that God is doing in each one of us, not just on one day in history and not just on Sundays, but that God is continuing to resurrect life and new life in us. And so for the last three weeks, Reverend Emily Bagwell and I have been sharing with you a series of messages that we called Resurrecting. What is God resurrecting now in us? And we started with civility, resurrecting civility. Maybe you remember that award-winning performance that Emily and I gave when we acted out a civil conversation right here. We've heard from like two or three of you that it was really good. And, um, and just an effort to try to draw out from the scriptures the fact that how we relate to one another is a matter of holy work. That God has called us to civility with each other. That it's not either win or walk away, but there's something else. There's another way that we can relate and honor God and honor one another and the Spirit of God in each other. And then last week, Emily preached about humility. That God is resurrecting humility in us. And it doesn't mean that we shrink into the corner or let ourselves be trampled on. But it's the opposite. It's that we engage And that we engage with a heart and with a spirit that is attentive and sensitive to the needs of the people in the world around us. Even elevating those as more significant than our own. So in humility, we engage in the world. And today, hope. That God is resurrecting hope. And maybe this is the perfect subject for Mother's Day. I imagine there's some women out there who mother by hope. (laughs) That if I say it one more time, surely this time they'll get it. (laughs) They'll listen and they'll obey. (laughs) But really, if, if we have civility and humility being resurrected among us, then maybe, just maybe, there's hope for us. And I don't know how that sounds to you. Maybe it sounds like this, uh, 
kind of like fingers crossed. I wish I just it'd be really nice. Maybe somehow it's possible that this could happen. But I don't know that that's really the hope that our faith is about. Particularly given the scripture that Polly read for us just a minute ago from Romans chapter 5. Where Paul's writing to the church in Rome about hope. And he starts out by saying that we have been made righteous through his faithfulness. He's talking about Jesus. It is by Jesus' faithfulness that we have been made righteous. And that we have peace with God, the Creator. So if we're going to talk about hope, and particularly I'll say if we're going to talk about Christian hope, a sense of hope that is grounded in our Christian faith, then we have to acknowledge that it doesn't start with us. It starts with God. It starts with Jesus. It is because of His faithfulness. The way that He lived, died, and was raised from the dead. It is by His faithfulness that we are made righteous, right, with God and with the world and with one another. It's not because we make a good enough score on the Christian test. It's because of Jesus. That we have peace with the Creator and creation. That we are able to stand in God's grace, Paul says. And in that sense then, hope, Christian hope, which I, I would describe it this way, it's a joyful and confident expectancy for God's excellent outcome for the world. It's a joyful and confident expectancy for God's excellent outcome for the world, which includes you and me. And that kind of hope, that's the kind of hope we can stand in, stay in, exist in, live in. This is not the hope that we just turn to when things go bad. When all else fails, well then I'll hope that something good will come. But rather this is the kind of hope that we can live in. Live from. That's who we are. We're hopeful, hope-filled people. Now, admittedly, sometimes we lose hope because things get crappy. And sometimes, sometimes things get crappy because we lose sight of our hope. Because this hope that Paul is writing about, that is grounded, that is founded in Jesus Christ, in His faithfulness, in the glory of God that we have experienced and received by the presence of His Holy Spirit, this kind of hope is everlasting. This is the hope that we exist in, that we live in and live from. This is not waiting for the pie in the sky and the sweet by and by, when I die, kind of hope that's out there, off there, one day, somewhere. This is the hope that is here and now, that is about God's kingdom now. 
I read a book not long ago by N.T. Wright. He's a modern-day theologian, and it's called Surprised by Hope. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. He's a thinker. I'll just warn you, if you've not read any of N.T. Wright's stuff, I usually read a few pages at a time, set it down, let my brain recenter, and then read a few more pages. But this book, Surprised by Hope, one of the reasons that he wrote the book is because he observes that over history, particularly in our Christian faith, we have been conditioned to think about salvation, about heaven, about the kingdom of God as this thing out there one day. When in fact it's every bit about what God is doing here and now to restore us and to restore the world. And he says in the book, the words that we just said in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that remains one of the most powerful and revolutionary sentences we can ever say. It is a statement of our hope that God is doing something new now here in you and in me. That God's kingdom is coming. So Paul says then, with that hope that we live in and live out of, then we can, well, and what was read in the scripture for us, we can take pride in our problems. There are other translations that say it other ways. We boast in our tribulations. Paul says because we live out of this hope, we can take pride in our problems, but I just push pause there for a second and say that can be dangerous. Uh, And what I mean by that is sometimes we can read that or hear that and think that then we ought to be having troubles. We ought to be having problems. And if we're not having any, we create some. Like there's, there's some sense of there ought to be this antagonistic thing happening in our lives or with other people. And we should celebrate that and, and take joy in it. And, and I, that's just, I think that's a little bit a shade off. Because what can happen with that is people go picking fights for Jesus. Of course, I wonder if we're picking fights because we love Jesus or because we love to fight. Because the problems are going to come. We don't need to go creating them for ourselves. Can I get an amen? The problems are going to come. We're going to have the struggles, the trials, the, the tribulations, the difficulties. In fact, I've said more than once, if you're not going through it right now, You probably just recently went through it or are going to be going through it. It seems like they just keep coming. It's not like we got to go and stir them up for ourselves. And what Paul is telling us is it's in the midst of those trials, those problems, not so much that we take proud in them or celebrate or boast in them. I think maybe a better way to understand that is we can find the value in them, the meaning in them. That even in the midst of our struggles, even in the midst of our difficulties, because of the hope that we have in Jesus, we can find the meaning in those struggles. What Paul says is we take pride in them or we can find the value or the meaning in them because they produce in us or for us endurance. Now the King James Version says patience. That our 
tribulations produce patience in us or endurance. I don't know if you ever heard this before, but if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> right? Like there's, there's something to be said for those moments when it's painful to keep going and carry on. Particularly when we're going in the direction of and in the path of Jesus and his faithfulness and righteousness. And to bring back up the last couple of Sundays, to keep going in civility and humility and how we engage in and interact in the world and with each other. Martin Luther King Jr., I guess, said it a little more eloquently when he said, Yes, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And we know that as we even go through in, going through the struggles, as we endure and have patience and carry on the way God created us to carry on, that we find hope for ourselves and for our world. Paul said that endurance or that patience produces in us character. Again, the King James Version says experience. That our patience produces experience. Knowing how and when to speak and to act in a way that will embody the kingdom of God. That comes from experience. It's character, Christian character being developed in us. Which is one of the reasons that I give thanks to God for the people who are further along in the faith than me. Who've been kicking it with Jesus longer than I have. Because they've seen things I haven't. They've lived life and had experiences that I haven't. That I can learn from. There are times where I look back in my life and wish... I knew how much they knew back then, back when I knew it all. But there's some things that develop in us, in our faith. There's a hope that we receive in our faith that comes only through the living of life and the faithfulness of following after Jesus, even in the midst of the struggles and the trials that brings character to us and experience into us. Knowing that everything we do has a kingdom of God impact in this world. In that book, Surprised by a Hope, N.T. Wright says, Nothing done in the Lord... In the power of the Spirit, in the present time, will be wasted in God's future. In other words, every civil, humble act, word, prayer, thought, every effort to live and walk in the way of Jesus will be fruitful in God's kingdom, some way, somehow. Big or small, whether we know it or not, or ever even get to see it or not. That 
faithful living out of our lives, even in the midst of the challenges, will bear fruit in the kingdom of God. And that gives us hope. Gives us hope not just for ourselves, but for our world. And that's what Paul says, is that that character, that experience produces hope. And that hope will not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in us. In our hearts. With the presence and the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. That's Christian hope. That joyful, confident expectancy. That God's excellent outcome is coming to pass in our world. Salvation. Redemption. Restoration. Healing and wholeness. This is what God is doing and has been doing. And invites us to be a part of. Gives us glimpses of. So that we might have hope. Brings me back to this, the, the f- crossing of the fingers. Have you ever done that? I mean, you, right? We usually do it as a, um, like I said, like a wish or, you know, really want this to work out or, oh boy, I, you know, my scratch off. Here, here it comes. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's fun to see who gets that <laughs> reference. Or sometimes people, you know, we do it, put it behind our back. So when we say something we don't mean, we don't want to get caught or something like that. But did you know this actually has significance in our faith? Uh, in Christian history, crossing your fingers actually was, was, had religious symbolism for us. And in, and in fact, in the early days, it was something that we did together. Um, you, you would, another person of faith might come up to you. This was particularly meaningful in a time if you were going through something difficult um, and you, you were looking for a way to embody the fact that you were leaning on God and the the strength and power of God, the same strength and power on the cross that overcame sin and death. You would do this, and a friend would do this, and you would cross your fingers as a way to sort of symbolize the cross. Which, by the way, I think there's power in us sharing hope together. It's not just for me and my life, but it's a hope that exists among us. Because when we share hope together, we lift one another up, We encourage one another. We don't look to blame, but we look for there to be resurrection, redemption of whatever it is. Now, granted, down through history, we've sort of, I guess, given up on each other, and we just do it ourselves now. Uh, That's where this came from. So it was a a sign. It was a way to have the sign of the cross on your hands to symbolize that in Jesus and his faithfulness, God has overcome any and everything we could deal with or face in this world and in this life, and that we can have hope. To symbolize that hopelessness was put to death on the cross. That the power and the guilt of sin were put to death on the cross and buried in that tomb and left there and replaced with life. Full, whole, eternal Life, that we can have hope in Jesus. Hope keeps us from getting stuck in our pains and in our hurt and in our past. Hope brings us together as we dream about a brighter future. 
Hope reminds us that we're not fighting against God or against each other. Hope moves us forward. And God is in the business today of resurrecting hope in us and through us for our world. So maybe we need to keep our fingers crossed. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for the gift of hope that we have in Jesus. Thank you that it's not something we have to drum up or create or earn, but it's your gift that we stand in your grace at peace with you and with one another. God, thank you for that. That gives us hope. Oh God, as you resurrect a fresh experience and expression of your hope for us today, it is our prayer that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven and that we would be a part of it as we live as people of hope. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment.